jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay We're almost at a year of this show. I don't know how that's true or possible. And quite frankly, I feel attacked right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wow. wow yeah. Who can be triggered? Sorry, just a little trigger. Find, you need to find a safe space. I need a Listen, safer space. Comedy has to be offensive, okay? Like, stop telling me to play it safe. Oh, is, this, is this you justifying Shane Gillis and why yeah. he should be on This SNL? is me shooting my shot for SNL. <laughs> this is your Rob, uh, Rob Schneider think piece. Yeah, comedy is not safe. There's only one type of comedy, and it's about <laughs> offending as many people as possible. It's about being a big, dumb white dude and yeah. just saying the first thing that comes to mind that you don't even think about. So stop with your cancel culture, okay? <laughs> stop killing comedy, millennials. Yeah, killing comedy. It was jokes. What's the matter? You can't take a joke? Yeah, sure. There was nothing funny about it. Yeah, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. But just saying a racist thing, like, uh, I'm not here to make everybody feel safe, okay? It's edgy. You got a problem with the edges? My got a edges? problem with the edge? All gonna... these, I'm covered in edges. That's right. And you're going to cut yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the guy got fired, whatever. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. And now we got a gay Asian, Bo and Yang, on uh, SNL mm-hmm. for the first time. That's great. Two firsts. Yeah. I think uh, it's a was probably a good idea if you're going to hire the gay Asian to then not hire the guy who makes fun of gays and Asians. It's probably for the best, right? It's That's probably just a, for the best. Yeah. A good preemptive measure. Furthermore, how the fuck is it that this is what SNL has been on for 500 years and this is the first gay person and first Asian person on SNL? Uh, well, he's not the first gay person. Oh, well, who was the gay before? Besides Kate McKinnon. Kate Mc- There's Kate McKinnon and there was Terry Sweeney. Oh, Terry Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is the first Asian, which is crazy. Is he the first gay man? No, Terry Sweeney was is male. Oh, Terry you're thinking, Sweeney. You're probably thinking of Julia Sweeney. I'm thinking of Julia Sweeney. Is she yeah. the Republican or was that... That's Victoria Jackson. That's Victoria Jackson. Look at Stacy, a well of information. <laughs> There's so much useless information in my head. I'm grateful for like, this. Well, I'm glad someone is. You're like our drama. You're our resident dramaturg. Uh, well, I just you know you'd think that eventually I could. It'd be nice if it was like a computer hard drive. Not to get too technical, but. Let me put on my internet fingers for a second. Oh, yeah. I, I just would like to delete some files and maybe make room for, like, remembering to do something important. Clear some RAM and... Uh, Clear some RAM. Replace the Brenda Vaccaro trivia with... <laughs> now, well, no, 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 no. That is locked. We got to keep the, the the important stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Eh, it's all I've got. So why not just keep it all, right? <laughs> it's good to recognize this. It's all I've got going for me is my Rain Man-esque uh, ability to not, not impress anyone, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and that is what will save us in the apocalypse because you never know when that's going to flare up. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need to draw on that, that information. Yes. To help yes. us uh, win a trivia contest so we don't get murdered <laughs> and eaten by cannibals or something. <laughs> yeah. Because that's well, how they decide who eats who in the future. Mm-hmm. It's trivia yeah. competitions. I didn't want to mention it because I don't want anyone to get too jealous. But the next Mad Max movie is going to be about kind of me and my vast <laughs> store of knowledge. Triviosa. Triviosa. <laughs> Paradise Triviosa. <laughs> yeah, I've already shaved my head, so I hope they do actually cast me now. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but it's, you know. So this is in the works. It's not... <laughs> It's I I hope I I hope it will happen. I've written a lot of letters. Okay. <laughs> so so that when George Miller talks about the potential sequels that are upcoming, this is not one of them. I mean, it's potential legally. <laughs> it's potential in that I've suggested it a lot, several times. Several times I've said, like, I'm trying to take the Sean Young approach, which really works well. As you remember, her famous campaign for Catwoman. Yes. um, Where she just wore the Catwoman costume around and bothered everybody. God, she's so fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I'm trying that. I'm just, I shaved my head. And I've told a lot of people on the streets of Portland, Maine about it. (laughs) In your drunken tirade. (laughs) My drunken tirades. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I love that. But don't worry. I'll still do Gaylords. Like, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's really, I think that's really giving of you. And I'm grateful to know that. Um, I never forget my roots. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Look at you. Yeah. Grassroots queen. Right. Grassroots queen. That's me. Making it so. happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is the worst opening to a show ever. It's terrible, but you know what? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Look, be it's been a year. What else is there to talk about? There's nothing left. We're at 51 weeks. Yeah. Do you know That's how many like, babies I could give birth to in that time? How many? Like, I don't at actually... least one, like one point something if I just oh, do one at a one. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> One and a head, maybe. <laughs> that seems fitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 51 I do, weeks. I do like that you measure time and how many <laughs> pieces of babies you could have birthed at that point. Time is measured in how many babies you can birth, and money is measured in how many pizzas you can buy. Oh, let me tell you. So, it's just... It's best not to combine the two. Uh, well, baby. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> Why would? No. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> listen. It's been fifty-one weeks. It's been fifty-one weeks. Which month plods ever onward? 
Yeah. I oh, love you know. Month. Well, should I save that for next week? What yeah, anniversary? Well, I was just gonna say that though it's only been fifty-one weeks of episodes, uh, you know, we talked about this show for probably three months before we started recording about what yeah. it should be. You'd think, I mean, with that much planning, that it would be a better show. <laughs> but <laughs> we <laughs> no, did spend a, a long time gestating this. We gestated process. Like, yeah. Like, what should we name it? What's it going to be about? What's the format going to be? And I sometimes I think about the fact that the second best name we could come up with. I don't know if you remember this. This was your suggestion, I believe. It was oh, dri- Driving Miss Deadsy. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that? That's funny. I think you. I think you did. <laughs> because then I countered with Driving Miss Andre. Oh, yeah. funny yeah because we're like trying to think of punny names for some but they but they never work you know no yeah i think you had gay lords of darkness right off the bat right off the bat and i was like well let's try something else yeah you were like well or we could do driving miss deadsy oh my god what's (laughs) i'm very happy that it took us that long to settle on the first name that you came up with yeah it's a it's, good name. It's a it's, great name. It's, it's maybe the best thing about the show. It is. No, of, no offense. But then comedy is supposed to be <laughs> offensive, so I take that back. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no offense. 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 There you Strictly go. offense. So maybe that should be our next podcast. Strictly offense. Strictly where offense. We, rebrand into edgy white comedians <laughs> we're just we just become these symbols of the right yeah <laughs> with our guns <laughs> yeah. we'll get some guns it's and... just a whole show where we load our guns and talk foreign <laughs> policy <laughs> uh, well it's a fitting fate 2020 yeah. anything is possible anything's possible i mean now that this has gone on a year like isn't it time to put it to bed right yeah yeah it's probably it's probably for the best just put us put, all out of our misery turn on the car <laughs> put the hose <laughs> drag the hose up the stairs tape it under the door oh i was gonna suggest driving it the podcast to a nice farm upstate but whatever oh okay <laughs> no, same mind. thing same yeah. thing i guess similar Sim- they both similar. have a similar conclusion right yeah, yeah, we're gonna t- take briefcase lady out back and shoot her. <laughs> oh, it's so. Oh, I, I feel like she'd still smile when she's That's dead. Dark. She would absolutely she'd have the same face. <laughs> she's an optimist. She is. Wow. So autopsy of Jane Doe. <laughs> oh, that's the best. The best segue to accompany our best intro yet. Oh, which month? Which month? Autopsy of Jane Doe. Fantastic fucking movie. I am so glad. I would like to know what you didn't like about it the first time you saw it, if you remember. Well, this, and this is famously one of those films where I love that so much so, this is a, 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 a recurring motif with me, that our listener, like some, like a listener even said in comments on the Facebook, like, oh, I felt like I was going to be an Anthony with this movie <laughs> when we were doing All Cheerleaders Die. Um, qualifying being an Anthony as not liking it and then watching it again and realizing you're like, oh, well, maybe I was just a jerk and I do love this movie. 
Um, thinking back to Autopsy Jane Doe, the first time I saw it, I did not enjoy it. Uh, and then we, we we talked about it actually almost a year ago when we were doing our Shocktober recommendations. You picked it, and I said, I'm going to have to give it another shot. I did. I loved it. Watched it again for our episode today. Still love it. Uh, I think what I didn't like, I don't know, honestly, if it was just the cat. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, I, I watched it with Jason, and if anything happens to a cat in a movie, he gets so enraged, and then it seeps into me, and then I get enraged. It could have yeah. been that. It could have been the fact that I like, you know, it's it's almost like a Hagazusa thing where I like the witches that live and kill everyone. I see. Versus now I'm beginning to to relate to which all witches, all of them witches, you know. Mm. Uh, so even if the witch is dead or tortured or whatever, now I'm like, okay, well, her story matters still. <laughs> Uh, maybe nice it was that. You. Maybe it was that. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I do remember when I rewatched it last year, last fall, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why didn't I love this movie the first time? I think, honestly, I probably just was too high and had some bad pizza. <laughs> That's usually what's wrong with me if I don't enjoy it. Like, okay. If, if I'm having a bad time, it's just because I'm hungry or I got too stoned. I see. Yeah. Well, that was my I reaction. Mean, it, it does happen. It does happen. There are plenty of movies I would like to rewatch that uh, were, I wasn't wild about the first time. You know? Yeah. Does it fill me with um, a sense of, of renewed faith in myself and the world to come back to something I didn't thought I didn't like and be like, oh, maybe I was a little off or maybe I've grown since then. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. I think it demonstrates... Greatness. <laughs> well, genius, I would say. Genius, really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not always going to happen, right? Sometimes you just not, a movie's just not for you. Like, I am curious if you're going to try Hagazusa yet again. Oh, do my third watch. Do a third watch. I feel that. like I'd like it because I talk favorably of it now when I speak to people about it. Right. I just say it's not necessarily for me. Mm-mm. But I don't know. I'd be interested to see if I like it. But yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some movies that I just, I'll hate and then I'll still hate them. Right. Um, this is not one of them. This is a fantastic fucking movie. It really is. I really love it. I really love it. That's why I recommended it last year. Oh, snap. Last year. Can you believe we can? Oh, I mean, we've, so we've been able to say that since January, honestly. Yes. That's, that's how the calendar works, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, there's some calendar nerd who's like, oh, <laughs> but, but actually. <laughs> and Neil deGrasse Tyson is losing his mind. Yeah, he's just got reams of desk calendars he's flipping <laughs> yeah. through. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I do really like this movie. Um, I think it's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Really scary. It gets a little, I think it tapers off a little. Like, I get it that the, the last act is a little horror movie scary yeah but, it, but i still like it but the first two thirds are so creepy and so well done that i just don't even care i remember actually i am having flashbacks now i do remember that was like kind of the original thing jason and i were talking about was we loved the first half and then the second half like we i think we wanted her to be like levitating and like shooting lightning out of her fingers and hair you know <laughs> and yeah. and instead you just get tricks of lights or shadows or f- 
fucking corpses walking around that you never see. Uh, and, like, the kind of mind trick sort of thing. Right. Um, but that's, I think it's really effective and creepy. Now. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the power of it, is that you are waiting for her to do something. You keep thinking she's going to move. She's going to do something. And there are subtle, subtle, super subtle changes to her facial expressions throughout it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but you wait for her to pop up. Like, you're just waiting for that scare. Because she is adjacent to another femme icon we very much love here at Stately Old Gaylord's Manor. Uh, who we'll call Annabelle. This is the hot Annabelle we've all been waiting for. <laughs> okay, Stacy, that's fucking rude because <laughs> Annabelle is beautiful. We know that's that true. Annabelle they is... they say it in the movie that Annabelle is. They, they unbox they... Annabelle and they're like, she's so beautiful. They have to tell us Annabelle is beautiful. <laughs> she's so hideous. It's definitely a beauty is in the eye of the beholder equation. Oh God, Annabelle! Just like it. just like they have to tell us, look at how she fits it. She fits perfectly on this shelf with the other <laughs> and she dwarfs all the others, and it's just this <laughs> giant troll. You know what might be the best part of the last fifty-one weeks of this podcast is our journey, <laughs> our Annabelle love journey, our Annabelle love journey. <laughs> It's the eat, pray, love <laughs> for a new generation. I mean, listen, if that doesn't show character and development and growth. Yeah. What does? What does? Yeah, but Jane Doe is, I mean, She's sorry, a hot Annabelle. Annabelle. She's the hot Annabelle we've all been waiting for. <laughs> There's a little Annabelle just sitting in a chair doing nothing right now. <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> not even scowling, but if she could. <laughs> but if she could. Yeah. Yeah, Jane Doe is definitely hot Annabelle. She literally just sits there and everything, everyone's obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. And everything else just happens all around her. Yeah. She Mm. wreaks havoc without having to bat an eye. Yeah. And always just staring forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right into your soul. So for our listeners that have not seen this film. First of all, go go watch it. Go Go watch watch it. Because it's a great movie. Go watch it. It's truly a treasure. One of one of the um, what was it? It was like on the very famous like Hollywood unproduced screenplay blacklist or whatever. Oh really? Uh, for the longest time, it was like this famously unproduced screenplay, and it was like considered one of the best screenplays that had not been produced. Hmm. Um, and then it got a whole Andre Overdahl, the director of Troll Hunter, who also just did Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, um, who I think I really like this guy. He got a hold of it. And made this little moment and gave us this little gift. Yeah. Tell uh, him, tell him what it, tell him what it's about. Oh, me. Okay. Let me yeah, see. Yeah, no, I see. think this, I think you should have this moment. Okay. Thank you. As a, as a convert. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. And you're, you've even brought up the spotlight for me. Thank you so That's much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. So the, the, the film opens, um, it's in New England, uh, and. It's in Virginia. Virginia. Is that not New England? That is not New England. What the fuck is New England then? Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, I thought Vermont, New, England was New just, Hampshire, Maine. I thought New England was just the whole upper right corner. <laughs> is that it the- is. Virginia's not up there. Wait, where's Virginia? Holy molo. <laughs> 
Oh, that's towards the south. No, west? West Virginia? That's where Clarice Starling is from. Stacy, if you keep this in. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the name of the episode. Are you this kidding? This is the intro. Yeah. <laughs> where the fuck is Virginia? West Virginia. Virginia is south of here. It's on the east coast, but it's south of here. It's like north of the Carolinas, but south of the Marylands. But wasn't she from New England? Or from well, yes, that's the point that to be made later is that this takes place in Virginia, but they talk about her being from New England. So this body has somehow moved. Do you know what I mean? Was like, she found in New England? Did I miss that? They Well, it, it goes into uh, what Tommy's <laughs> theory about her is and the Salem witch trials and all that. So yes. it is conjecture and we don't we don't know for sure. That is his that is his estimation. But if you take it at face value that she is from New England, um, how'd she get to Virginia? I love that I made it a sentence in before I failed. <laughs> <laughs> geography right who does know geography you're a product of the uh the american system, education system listen you know? portland public schools famous for the lead in the water right so well, i'm a little yeah. i'm a little lead baby a little lead heavy <laughs> a little lead head getting lead out um so <laughs> an autopsy of jane doe which is not in new england thank no. you Thank you for this revelation. <laughs> I like that you learned something, though. Listen, see? I mean, granted, you made it, like, what, 60 years without knowing yeah, that? 68. <laughs> you know, but... I've demonstrated growth. You've demonstrated character, growth just in, just in this episode. Vulnerability. So. Um, mm-hmm. uh, openness to learning. Yeah, willingness to learn. Yeah, well, willingness and open. No, willingness is a little <laughs> extreme. Open to f- forced learning. Yeah, vaguely. I'm vaguely unclouded for not being okay. a product of inbreeding, as right. far as I know. <laughs> vaguely unclouded. So that's something to aspire toward. Yeah. Uh, so an autopsy of Jane Doe. <laughs> a hot Annabelle corpse is found. Um, at a crime scene, the movie opens with a crime scene. In my notes, I wrote, this crime scene is fucked. Yeah, it is. There is a house full of dead bodies, uh, blood everywhere. Nobody knows what the hell has happened. And yet under the house, in sort of like a crawl spacey, uh, freshly dug up area, there is just a super nude, hot yoga corpse we'll call her um who is who is taken to the mortuary there's a coroner uh in town where a father and son the tilden family at at tilden mortuary um played by brian cox and emile hirsch uh work together late at night on trying to find out what happened to corpses and these two the father and son kind of have this sort of um uh, educational sort of uh uh What's what's the, <laughs> what's that fucking word? What's the word when you teach apprentice? The son is sort of apprenticing <laughs> with his father. <laughs> so his dad's always testing him and quizzing him on like what 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 does what does this body tell you? What can you learn from this body? As he says, everybody has a secret. Jane Doe, it turns out, as they're they're calling this corpse because nobody knows anything about her except she's a hot nude yoga corpse. Um, <laughs> 
Jane Doe's body certainly has a secret. She has legions of secrets because as they begin to work on her to try to uncover what happened in this house, uh, what happened to her, um, on the surface, everything is completely fine with this corpse. Um, she's She looks very freshly newly dead. Uh, and yet when they begin to work on her and begin to look a little bit deeper... Um, going under her skin, going into her organs. Things aren't right. There's scarring. There's signs of a massive trauma. Her wrists and her ankles have been completely bashed and broken. And yet from the outside, you don't see any of this. And as they do more and more work on her, strange things begin to happen. The radio starts... I think it's always a good sign anytime your radio just starts turning itself on and off and playing weird yeah. music that you would never <laughs> yeah. hear on a traffic broadcast station. <laughs> the second some old-timey folksy open up your heart and let the sunshine in starts playing, <laughs> that should be the sign that it's time to leave. Right. But these, the father and son, they press ever onward in trying to solve the mystery of Jane Doe. Um, and then from there, it just turns into revelation after revelation after hallucination after terrifying getting up and walking around corpse clown town <laughs> yeah. as we uncover the mystery of Jane Doe. It's really scary. It's really fucking scary. It's literally, I mean, it's two actors in one set. It could be a play. Yes, it's very, the, I love the limited set. I love horror movies, especially with limited sets, your Ponty Pools. Yeah, oh yeah, which is a fantastic play. Right, this could easily transfer to the stage. It feels almost like a play as it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's dark hallways and corners and doorways uh, as they're in this basement mortuary. Yeah, old and, industrial basement-y. yeah. Um, they hear noises. There's a wonderful, probably one of the things that everybody remembers about it is they tie a bell oh. to the, <laughs> to the ankle of one of the corpses as just a, a nod to old timey, uh, traditions where you could never really be sure if a dead body was dead. Um, so they would tie a bell to the corpse. So if the corpse, if it turned out the person was still alive, the bell would jingle. And that comes back to haunt all of us. All of us throughout the whole all of us film. throughout the film with, in many ways. With my good friend Gouge Face Bellfeet. <laughs> yeah, all the corpses are up walking around oh. except for Jane Doe, who never moves anything. She doesn't blink. She doesn't twitch. She doesn't move. Because like all brilliant conceptual artists, she has other people do her work for her. <laughs> yes, she does. She's a regular Damien Hurst. <laughs> so uh, Tommy, played by Brian Cox, uh, as he's trying to figure all of this out, he surmises that like a lot of clues point to she's coming from the Northeast, shall mm -hmm. we say. The peat under her fingernails. Hmm? Oh, and they're thinking, um, yeah, the, I forgot about the peat. Yeah, yeah, because I was curious about, like, this place where they found her. Right. This house. Like, we never really get too many answers. We just get hints of how things came together. 
Right, how she came under the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, because she's in like an unfinished basement or they've dug up part of the floor for some reason. Who knows? And the only thing the cops can figure out about the crime scene that opens the film is that it wasn't a break-in. It, it seemed like people were trying to get out. Like they were trying to break out, yeah. Um, and they're totally normal looking like just older people. Yeah. Like, with guns and blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very distressing. Yeah. So, Tommy starts putting things together. They find a shroud in her stomach. Um, This old shroud that also contains one of Jane's teeth, one of her molars that's been pulled out. Um, And they take a look at this shroud. It's got weird writing on it. And they finally figure it out, and it's dated, what, 1693? 1693, same year as what? So, uh, Salem Witch Trials. So, uh, he's putting it all together, and it seems that she is from the New England area during the witch trials. Yeah. However, because witches weren't really a thing, uh, a bunch of innocent people were executed, uh, Tommy figures... That what these people did to her, torturing her, binding her, cutting out her tongue, uh, burning her alive, uh, pulling out her molar, all this other stuff, turned her into basically the thing that they feared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was made a witch. She was made a witch. And she wants people to suffer as she suffered. And so she is inflicting all of the injuries that were inflicted upon her. Onto the living. And as, like, Tommy suffers, uh, you know, broken ribs and things like that, uh, Jane is basically healing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very, uh, well, um, like a sympathetic magic. It's very, it's like a voodoo doll. Yes. She's kind of reconstituting as she inflicts pain on other people. Mm -hmm. But is that the truth of the matter? Is his uh, assumption the truth? We don't know. It's just what he's saying. Yeah, this is just what they surmise um, through just guesswork, really. Through guesswork. With the evidence that they've been given, just like as they do with any corpse to try to figure out what is this body's secret. Right. Ultimately, we don't know. I loved, I, I totally actually completely forgot the idea that she was made a witch. Right. And, like, I, I was just thought, like, oh, it's, of course, it's the corpse of a witch. She'll continue to wreak havoc, just like uh, Elandra or something. Right. I think, I personally, I think that's the truth of it. Because they do make a point that um, Tommy's wife, Austin's mother, committed suicide. Um, she was depressed. And Tommy apologizes to his son, saying, like, I should have seen it. Hmm. I didn't see it. She was my ray of sunshine. I didn't see anything else. Hmm. And so I think Tommy has a certain view of women, perhaps. Hmm. Just as his wife was always his ray of sunshine, open up your heart and let the sunshine in. Mm-hmm. So too, Jane Doe is only a victim. Even if she's doing these awful things, well, somebody else made her do it. Because hmm. she's a woman. She's pure. She's, she's innocent. Pure. She's, she's a ray woman. of sunshine. Mm-hmm. He's only seeing what he wants to see. On the hot so, yoga corpse. On the hot yoga corpse. I mean, and I think that's something that is very, I don't know that that's an intentional message, but mm-hmm. I think it's very true to life where especially with white women, especially with attractive white women, 
we never believed that they could actually do anything bad. Yeah. Yeah, and there's an idea of there's a, there, it's an innocent thing to be protected, mm-hmm. um, which, off, which just results in subjugation. Right. I mean, that's what Tommy does. He basically offers himself up to her and says, like, you can give all your pain to me as long as you spare my son. Mm-hmm. And so she wipes him out. But he only sees her as, like, a pure victim mm-hmm. and not just, like, like maybe she is a fucking evil witch. And it gets, it gets weird when it's conflated with the reality of Salem. Yes. Massachusetts. That's when movies, it gets into a tricky area because it's, like... Okay, do we think that all of those women and men and dogs and everything were innocent at Salem? If you're going to put somebody in that time and place, but then say, no, 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 but this one's a real witch. That's what The Conjuring did too, right? It's like, no, Salem was bad. All those people, it was just hysteria, except for this one lady who actually was a witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That gets a little hinky, and I think that's where yeah, even in Yeah, even in Lords of Salem, they're like, oh, well, the, the witches that were persecuted were innocent but then the real witches were hiding out in the forest outside salem playing their devil music yeah because these movies can't say that these actual people who were tortured to death actually were yeah yeah it seems like like that's a weird filmmakers trying to uphold a some kind of morality for the and memory of these people, which is interesting because that doesn't get extended to most <laughs> to a lot of people in history when we retell these stories, especially no. You look at like based. the Don- yeah, you look at stuff like uh, movies. Like I saw some horrible movie about the Donner Party. Oh, and it's like yeah. it's like they were just monster cannibals. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, well, or not. Yeah, what was that one? The <laughs> Dyatlov Pass one. Uh, yeah. Devil's Past did that too. Devil's Past. Yep. It's like, oh, yeah. they're time traveling space demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think when movies are going to reference Salem and people actually coming from Salem, it's a weird gray area. The, yeah, yeah. The filmmakers are trying to be respectful of the actual people, but also have someone actually be a witch. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't so, really have it both ways. You can't really have it both ways. I don't think it ever really works. Um, so I think that's why in this movie, they I think most people end up with that impression that she was only a witch because she, it was all forced upon her. Mm-hmm. I do think there is something, uh, well, now I'm wondering if that really is poetic or if that's just part of that same kind of um, uh, elevating or uplifting of like dead white women <laughs> as whatever. Because I, I think there is something kind of poetic or beautiful um, and kind of feminist about the the idea of of this woman as like a site of torture right who her innocence then is twisted into her need for vengeance um like right. that, that she isn't oh she wasn't i keep thinking of that of that is it simone de beauvoir of uh one isn't born one is made a woman like if it feels very adjacent to that very um interesting yeah, it also feels that idea also feels adjacent to Hagazusa. Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she actually a witch or or not? Is it just that people believe that about her for so long that she finally gave into it? Uh-huh. It's the same. It's the same idea. And it is interesting too, um, coming off of this idea that the witch, like, as they begin to look at at her corpse and like try to figure out what's going on, their first guess is that she's come from like human trafficking or some kind of forced uh sex work or something 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that she's been the product of this like abuse and, and dehumanization through that. Uh, but ultimately comparing uh, this like sort of anti-sex work slash um, human trafficking and like <laughs> like um, enslaving of women, this kind of this kind of sexual slavery culture and rape culture and, and comparing that on a contemporary angle to the witch trials and to this very similar dehumanization of women that happened there. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I think, I think for being, for being a movie starring two men, uh, doesn't pass the, the, what's it, te- the Bechdel test. The Bechdel test. Even yeah. though the Bechdel test is such a bare minimum, but you know, right. Comes yeah. nowhere near that. There's, there's one kind of ancillary, uh, supporting girlfriend character that doesn't really get much of a role other than to re- respond to things. Right. Here in like two scenes. Um, for all of those conditions, I still think this is kind of a feminist film. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also for having a completely a... fully frontal nude woman <laughs> in all of I, w- I was thinking that when I was watching it is like how respectful it is of yeah. her as a like a naked body. Yeah. Through the whole thing. And it's as never a, exploitative. As a actual... I think it's integral too that it's an actor. It's a real, right. l- real living human being um, who is like a tr- very, very skilled in yoga. So she is good at controlling her muscle movements and her breath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she honestly, Olwen Kelly, that's her name. Yeah. Uh, it sounds weird to be like, she does an amazing job. She does a fucking amazing job in this film. <laughs> oh my God. You, sh- <laughs> How the fuck do you sell being dead? Yeah. And yet also bring that much menace to your face, but also that much emptiness to the point that we really think you are dead. You look like a prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I mentioned earlier, just subtle changes because the character Jane Doe does try to warn them several times. Mm hmm. As they keep going, she warns them that they should stop several times through the yeah, ra- yeah, like, through the radio. He- um, yeah, and Austin even says when we cut into her, she tried to talk. She tried to stop us each time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are just such subtle changes to her face as this movie goes along. Yep. So you can't even really notice, and you don't know if it's just you having looked at this face so much. Yeah, are you projecting your are feeling you projecting? onto it? Yeah, but it's just a fucking fantastic performance, honestly. Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Um, but I think it also, uh, going back to the, the trafficking and all of that, it also makes a statement about domestic abuse, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of invisible bruises. Yeah, not being able to, if you don't see it, how If did you it don't happen? see it, how did it happen? Did it really happen? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something that I think a lot of women have to contend other you know women and others have to contend with like victims of abuse domestic abuse because the abuser will learn how to abuse you so it doesn't show yeah 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 and then and then what's what's incredible too visually and thematically is that that in how they depict that visually um her body inside of her body is completely written in trauma Mm mm-hmm like it, she is desiccated on the inside. Yeah, she had the, versus the stab wounds. The like, yeah, her exterior is completely flawless, right? Except she, her eyes are a little clouded. 
Mm-hmm. But that's it. But otherwise, there's not a mark on her. She's got this beautiful porcelain skin. Doesn't have a mark. But she's when got they... long black hair like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> but you know she's a woman. But she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mary Brown is a scientist. She, she could have called she it. She knows. She could have called it. But when they you when they move her foot, you can hear all of the shattered bones in her ankles. Like, oh scraping and jangling around and um, her tongue has been cut out one of her teeth has been removed they cut her open Mm. and her lungs are black and she has been burnt her everything is scarred on the inside from stab wounds um she's been force-fed jimson weed which we can talk about that later um okay um they they find a plant in her jimson weed um, which is like mm-hmm. a, a poison, a paralyzing agent. She has the shroud in her. It's been wrapped up. Her tooth was wrapped up in it, and she was forced to swallow that. Yeah, that's in her. Um, and there's writing on the inside of her skin. That's what's fucking nuts, is when they when they cut her open, uh, like around her sternum, and then pull the, they see something under, so they pull the skin out and basically flay the front of her and pull it back. Yeah. And it's all tattooed and written on on the inside but you can't read any of it from the outside it's only once you remove the skin that you see that she's complete she has a pillow book like she's been completely inscribed on Mm -hmm. yeah and it's that 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 unwritten um invisible trauma invisible trauma yeah yeah and the only the only thing that really gives it away is like they finally take her skull cap off and look at her brain and there's still brain activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her brain was fine. Her brain was fine. It looked totally normal. Yeah, and um, it was also still alive. It was also still alive somehow. Unlike every other piece of her. Right. Yeah. So I just I don't know it it it's it says a lot for a film that on the surface of it the first time you watch it you're just like that was so scary because it is really scary it plays with sound and darkness and all of those good things. Oh, I fucking hate! I just don't. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the fucking gouge face Bellfoot. Yeah. That scene. feet feet under the door crack. No, thank you. Oh my god! And just like. The restraint. This film is restrained. Yes. Uh, for having big, crazy moments with fire and explosions and a fully naked woman annabelling it up the whole way through, <laughs> while having all of those things, this is a really restrained movie. And just a simple act of, of I mean, it's a famous scene we've all seen in a thousand horror movies. But someone coming down the hallway and the lights turning off. Mm-hmm. But in this point, like the lights turning off isn't uh isn't just like a supernatural thing or a, a you know oh god something bad's gonna happen I mean it's all part of that but it also just it denies us the ability to see what we know is on this corpse's face because this is a corpse that's getting up and has been walking around but we're introduced to it at the beginning of the film as someone that um basically like blew their face off right and so we know they're like they have the face mask and they're like don't look under that there's nothing left to look at so when you just see a glint of the top of the head coming at you down a hallway Ugh. and you, you imagine what the rest of it must look like as it's coming at you in the darkness and you just hear that little ding, ding, ding <laughs> from the bell. Oh, God, it's so good. And then knowing that that's like that's coming at you and it's behind a door. Say you're not even in the hallway, but it's on the other side of a door. You're just imagining what the fuck that thing looks like. Yeah. 
So it's like they they've done the work uh, of setting it up, and then we finish we complete the rest of it mm-hmm. by just imagining it, and that's where the dread comes from. And that's that's good horror filmmaking. It is. It is. That's. I think that's why people love the first like two thirds of it. Even if they're not wild about the movie, it's generally the consensus that the first two thirds are because it's all dread. Yeah, it's, I think that's. That's. Yeah. I think that's why uh, Overdell got scary stories to tell in the dark because that whole movie is literally the entire movie is just things walking down hallways, <laughs> yeah. just exactly the same as that scene, except you see everything. Yeah, yeah. I like how much it leaves up to the imagination. Yeah, and it's just it's so good and so on the surface, just a scary, scary movie. But I think it actually has a lot to say. Also, it's really smart. It's really smart. It's really smart. It's nice. Um, I really like these two actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch. I, I love Brian Cox. Oh, yeah. Um, Come in on. anything he does. I mean, he's g- genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really nice just getting to watch these little moments between them, too. Yes. Uh, and the amount of character development that went into the script. Yeah, um, I, I like their relationship a lot. Yeah, and just little little things that we get to learn uh, that unfold without like exhibition ex- or exhibition um, without just explaining everything to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like when he, when he's making, it's like a dad and his son and he's like giving his dad shit. And he's like, when was the last time you even saw a movie? Why you're always down here in this, in this mortuary. And then he takes it like Brian Cox stops and takes a moment and really thinks about when the last time he saw a movie was. And he's like, Oh, well she has Alzheimer's and he's building her a house. And then, you know, okay. He's talking about the notebook. Mm-hmm. and it's just like so silly but then you also learn like he, that was the last time he saw a movie because he watched it with his wife and right and then we understand by their silence that she's not with us anymore and mm-hmm. there's just so many nice little moments like that that make it real and make it human while there's also all this supernatural extravaganza happening. right <laughs> yeah it does get uh, extravaganza e. Which is why I wanted to talk about the Jimson ways. Yeah, let's go there. Well, because it's one of the first things they find that's out of the ordinary. Like they find that, like up, up until this point, they are figuring she's the human trafficking victim because they can feel her ankles, they can feel her wrists, they've seen her tongue is cut out. Mm-hmm. Then they get into her organs and they find the Jimson weed, and it's a real thing, Jimson weed. It's poisonous. It's in the nightshade family. But it causes hallucinations and confusion. Oh. And so if you think about this idea of the sort of transference that Jane is doing with them, how, you know, Tommy ends up with the, like, her waist is really cinched. And, like, she does that to Tommy and, like, breaks his ribs. Uh Uh-huh. And all of that. And so it's like, that's one of the first things they find. And so was she basically forcing them to leech that from her? And would that explain so many things? Because, like, at one point, the girlfriend comes back and Tommy accidentally kills her because he thinks it's the dead body. Yeah, yeah. Or all the way to, to them, to Tommy thinking he's getting out of there. Right. But the whole thing, the storm that supposedly keeps them trapped in the in the building never happens. 
Yeah, it was four, like we find out at the end, it was four days of straight sunshine, and here they were, like, surviving a monsoon or something. Yeah, like that. Did the girlfriend even get killed? There's, I mean, that's a question, that that even happened. Because it's one of those things where you're not sure if it's just a continuity issue Mm -hmm. or what, but um, Austin doesn't have, like, when he finds her and hugs her and all that, he ends up with blood, like, all over him. He doesn't have any at the end. On himself. And they don't return to her when the... When they the... don't return to her. And at the end, the cops are only wheeling out two dead bodies. Oh, my God. Good eye, Ponder. Yeah. So, it's like how much... like, And the lights are fine. The lights that like explode over the fluorescent lights in the operating room explode at one point. At the end, of the, they're fine. They come back on. Oh, wow. So, it's... I mean... It's a theory that I don't know if it means anything, but it's like how much of this, when it gets cuckoo bananas bonkers clown town, is just them hallucinating because of the Jimson weed. That went completely over my head. I just thought, I was thinking it was like the, it was like, yeah, a witch-induced right. hallucination. Like I, like we get in Blair Witch, or we get in even, what was the, the terrible, the, the second, the third Blair Witch. Um, Blair Witch. But yeah, we're just, yeah, it's just called Blair Witch. <laughs> what was the name of that movie, The Blair Witch? Uh, but like, where they're they're constantly walking around at night, and it's just she's trapped them in nighttime, um, right? But there's like that sort of witch continuity, witch world that you get trapped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was assuming it was just that, but... right? Yeah, I don't think it takes away any of her power. No, that's it's it's, it's just a different type of power. And, well, know. and that also kind of takes you back to her era and that idea i mean so much of with the salem witch trials there was an an historical sort of re-understanding or relearning or revisiting it and what happened there there's so many um theories about uh the hallucinations and this Mm -hmm. idea of people um not just out of hysteria but people actually being like poisoned or hallucinating due to something like like there was that theory about the bad yeast or what, what was it oh yeah 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 the um uh oh god ergot uh, 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 ergot yes. yes yeah with the with, with the ergot yes uh that had like s- s- somehow gotten into the people and was basically infecting everybody and causing these mass hallucinations it was like one potential explanation i personally think you know it's just crazy town hysteria everyone's going nuts right um combination of, of you know Colonialism and and Christianity, in, yeah. <laughs> in this uh, decimated reaching in, reaching its inevitable end. Yeah, reaching its natural conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, if that that idea that there's something actually ingested that causes this, right? Hmm, that's super interesting. Yeah, love this movie. Like she's yeah. a badass. I love that she's just a fucking badass witch. I love. She's this, she's just this like silent uh inevitability yes like she's just a legacy of vengeance i i love that about her (laughs) i love yeah she can't be defeated that's why to make you know to say like okay if she did originate you know if she was from the salem witch trials era like and now she's in virginia like people just keep passing her off somehow (laughs) basically yeah yeah she's like she's a cursed object yeah, and he sends her off to VCU or whatever at the end mm-hmm. uh, to a completely different place as she just out of continues. the county. Yeah, like, you know, 
Yeah. And it says something, too, about um, continuing with this, like, kind of feminist current that runs through it. It it also talks about um, post-sort of crime investigation and and the medical industry and coroners and detectives and police and all these things as as um things that also kind of uninten maybe unintentionally but sometimes intentionally continue to re-traumatize survivors mm-hmm. um where i mean wherever she goes she has to continuously relive this thing that happened to her as they continue to investigate and cut into her and Right. Uh, and there's, there's are, are there always new layers added on the fact that like when they flay her and we see all the writing on the inside, there's like another layer of skin underneath. So as mm. does she end up keep like being re-traumatized in new ways as she takes a little essence from this person and kind of reconstitutes herself a little bit. Oh, and does that record as one as new yeah. traumas of hers that yeah. then pass on to the next? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's, and she's to that Annabelle extent. There's also a little um, Ellie <laughs> Kedward here with Jane Doe. Yes, like is that she's she is a manipulator of others. Other people do. I love this idea of the witch that I love this Annabelle witch. I like pyramid scheme where yeah. <laughs> yeah. she makes she makes the regular people. She makes the good people. She makes. Right. Uh, the people that are, you know, allegedly not witches, just just the investigators, the medical people, the 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 judges, <laughs> she made the the inquisitors. She makes them commit the crimes and makes right. them the witches in, in in a way. Yeah. Well, they underestimate her. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful young white woman. If she if they dug that if she, if they found in that cellar in the dirt the body of a, an old crone. They would not be so quick to assume that she's completely an innocent victim. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yep. I mean, we all do it. We all have preconceived notions, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's also, like, uh, what makes her very powerful in this setting and makes her such a such a, a presence is you have a father and son who are both kind of grieving the loss of their mother slash wife. Um, and then you also have like a girlfriend who's just there to pick you up and go on a date with you. Right. And then they're confronted with this other portrait of, of femininity that is coming from a completely different place than they are. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think their intentions are good. Like, yeah, you know, but they do completely underestimate her mm-hmm. agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know. So we never, I mean, we never want to believe the worst in people, but I think how many things do white women get away with? Oh, I mean. Just by virtue of being white women, you know. Just everything. Just everything, just, really. Just the litany of American history. Yeah. And all the wrongs that have been pervaded <laughs> throughout yeah, the Yeah, you know. That's all. Yeah. So I don't know. I would lo- like, I don't need it, but I like to maybe fantasize is too strong of a word. <laughs> but. <laughs> But imagining a Jane Doe prequel. I'm just into these ideas of like, well, can, give me the prequel, like Blair Witch. Give me the the oh, Ellie Kedward the Ellie period piece. Give me the Jane Doe period piece where I get to see these women like in their primes just fucking shit up. Ye old Janie Doe. Ye old <laughs> Janie Doe. <laughs> 
I want it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't want a sequel where she just does the same shit to somebody else. Like, <laughs> let's go back in time, baby. I mean, maybe maybe in the sequel, that's when she can start levitating and shooting lightning out of her hair and fingers. Maybe. That could be. That could <laughs> or be. she'll just... Is, is the bell at the end, is that the only time... That's the only time she does anything physical, right? Right. It is a little horror movie ending. It's a little... For my I taste. Mean, it, I mean, thinking of the Annabelle thing and that bell sound becomes such a motif. I was like, oh my god, this is Annabelle and that fucking... Um, Ding, 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 ding. Music box from The Conjuring. That oh, always, God. Like, every Annabelle movie, you know, ends with her sitting in a chair rocking while it goes, ding, 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 and then it go, cuts to black. Yeah. And that's totally this. Yeah, I think it would have been more powerful if she didn't move and there was no bell sound. But that bell was still sitting there and we were just waiting for it. Yeah. That yeah, would have been way more powerful it. than just the cheap horror movie ding dong why did her toe move (laughs) right why did her toe move is she getting more is she gonna eventually come back to life oh and then she starts levitating and shooting lightnings out right like as she kind of claims more victims and is reconstituting herself maybe that's what it means i don't know oh and it is a witch pyramid scheme then she needs to set up five managers and they (laughs) set up five managers (laughs) and then she kills them all Mm -hmm. and and then then she's she's back to life back to life yeah. I'm fine it. with this sequel. I love it. Yeah, now that I mention it. <laughs> I love it. I love this movie. I love her. I love her as this um beautiful punishing force. Mhm. Uh I it's sad. It is sad. It's it's something that you you want her to be um you want you want to watch her get the vengeance and be this amazing sort of moral accelerator slash punisher. Um, but at the same time, you can't help but feel terrible for her and what happened to her and her history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just that line, I think really drives it home when, when, as they're like cutting into her and they're noticing all this insane shit happening and the things beginning to happen to them. And he says, she can feel it. She yeah. wants us to feel it. Yeah. It's just, it's such a vibe it's it's such an interesting balancing act of like terrifying but empathetic right um, and and intense and extreme i mean the gore effects the prosthetic effects those corpses uh (sighs) even just the makeup on her and and anytime they cut into her and the the things coming out i mean it makes alien autopsy look like like a children's theater yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's 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 so hard to have that like Herschel Gordon Lewis vibe in these moments while also still making it really human and simultaneously a small, thoughtful, quiet, intimate piece um, that also has so much extravagance to it and over the top and, and terror to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That. Autopsies, how revolting they are. Ugh, it's just fucked up. I remember seeing, like, a clip of one or something that they had on HBO, and I, I was, like, a teenager. I freaked the fuck out, and I had to turn it off immediately. Yeah, I, I remember watching one on, like, Nova or some PBS shit. It was probably a Friday night, if I'm being honest. Watching, yeah. like, PBS, and, uh, like, I... Ch- watching your autopsies. Watching autopsies on PBS. And I checked out when they, like, took an organ out and weighed it. Oh, yeah, it's too much. 
But it's crazy because, you know, spoiler alert, we all have that shit inside our skin sacks, you know. So I, you shut your mouth. I do not. <laughs> like, all I have inside me is one Tic Tac. It's, I get it that we have this, like, primal revulsion to bugs. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, we have these things that have just been ingrained a, into us as humans. Or to death, yeah. Or to death, you know. But it's like, why is... Is it just that it's my insides being exposed when they shouldn't be because you can't survive that way? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we so, like, nauseated by our own insides? Well, I mean, you know, death is the is our is the is the greatest cultural fear, right? I mean, that's yeah. why that's why we have religion. That's why we have. <laughs> it's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why we have violence and war and religion and all these things. Oh yeah, we're all just afraid of death. <laughs> yeah, ultimately we, we engineer it um, in this attempt to escape it. It's like uh, we're too smart for our own good. We're smart enough to be afraid of death, and that's like the cause of all of our problems. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> you know, like I used to think about that when I before my cat died. I'd be like, she just lives in the now, man. Granted, it's because her brain, like we talked about, is pea-sized. Yeah, our little goldfish brain babies. Yeah, but she's just worried about now. She has no concept of the fact that she's going to die someday. Mm-hmm. She's not wrapped up in all that shit. Yeah. And yeah, as versus... humans, you can't help it, especially when there comes a point, if there comes a point, there comes a point for everybody where you become aware of your own mortality. Mm-hmm. However that happens to you. You yeah, know what I mean? turning 30. Turning 30 or a near-death experience or like what or someone you love dying or whatever yep. it is that kind of breaks down that wall for you. Yeah. You know, denial of death is a huge thing. And when you're unable to do that, when that wall comes down, you can't go back. And it informs everything else in your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but. No, uh, it's. It's. That's I, what. That's what I makes, get it. It's yeah, yeah. It's human nature, man. It's what makes us people. It what makes it's people. what makes us assholes. It's also what makes art possible. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it's trying to trying to leave a mark that says we were here. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess wow. it's just like you know watching it, and I was like, there are people obviously who aren't bothered by the grew and the viscera. And so they are able to perform autopsies and clean up crime scenes and et cetera, et cetera. But I just like, I was just kind of, it's such a phenomenon for us to be like, ew, God, oh, a lung, ew, gross. Like, bitch, you probably have two of them. Death is the worst. It's horrible. It's, I mean, it's the one thing that haunts all of humanity and will always haunt us. Yeah. <laughs> That's my last statement on autopsy. Death is horrible. Death is horrible. Death is the worst, man. Well, there's a year of episodes. Not, not to get too intellectual, but death sucks. Death sucks, dude. <laughs> so, this effective movie. It's an effective movie in a bunch of different ways, and I love it. And if you haven't seen it, see it. What is wrong with see you? See it. Andre Overdahl, I wonder what he's doing next, because I really love him, I think. Like, mm. this movie is so good. I fucking love Troll Hunter also. Mm-hmm. I love Troll Hunter. And Scary Stories was cute. Like, it was it was well made for the thing it ended up being. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good endorsement. I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, I know what you mean. It was it was 
if I was a kid, I would have fucking probably loved that movie. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's I, I I really like this guy. I think he's really is really masterful at handling really giant over the top things and really small human things at the same time. And mm-hmm. uh, and he has a sense of fun with it, even when it's so gross and sad. Or <laughs> he's yeah. he's good at doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And finally, I mean, just as a as we as we think back on Witch Month, as we I mean, we have one more week left of Witch Month, so it's just so sad to me. Um, I know, I love it. I mean, I think arguably we could always just be a witch cast still. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. We're queer horror podcast, but we will always be a women in horror slash witch adjacent Hellfest. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think people have probably picked up on that by now. Maybe, maybe. If they've li- <laughs> unless this is their first episode, but. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait till they start talking about the hostile and home invasion yeah. films. <laughs> Yeah. Well, never happened. Uh, never happened. But uh, but I love seeing um, the variety of witches we've encountered so far this month. Yes. Uh, like with, with Blair Witch, we have just the urban legend. We mm-hmm. you, she doesn't even exist as far as we know. She's mm-hmm. just a force of nature. Yeah. Um, we have Jane Doe, who is uh, arguably, according to the script at least, and what we're told, not a witch but is a, a product of trauma um, that it, it seeks vengeance sort of as an externalization of this trauma. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we have all Julia's die <laughs> where we just have <laughs> crying lesbian Wiccans <laughs> and crystal gems. Right. That's true. I mean, over the course of this show, we've had a variety of witches, you know? Yeah. It's amazing how much you can do with the concept of a witch. Yeah. And they, I mean, and regardless of how you look at or what they look like, if they're an evil crone or if they're a lesbian teenage Wiccan crying in her car (laughs) or a yoga corpse or an urban legend, every single one of them is, is an extension of female rage and revenge and trauma and tragedy all wrapped up with agency at the mm-hmm. end of it. Um, I don't know why we like them so much. I, I don't that doesn't, know. That doesn't seem to be what we're all about at all. Yeah, that seems to bear no similarity to my interests or my hopes <laughs> yeah. for the world or how we're going to save it. What I want to be, what I like to watch, you know. <laughs> what we aspire towards. What I aspire to be. I thought about that the other day. I'm like, should I just walk into the woods and see what happens? I mean, yes. nothing's going to happen. I'll just starve to death. She was never but, seen again. Yep. Well, I don't know. <laughs> This isn't working out how I wanted it to, but, you know. But, I mean, wouldn't that be great to just be able to do that? But that's the fantasy, right? It I mean, is that's the what fantasy. We're, that's what we're talking about on Blair Witch is, like, just leaving. Mm-hmm. Just l- Just saying, rejecting it all. Rejecting all of this extraneous, surficial, uh, capitalist, patriarchal, Christian, westernized bullshit. Mm-hmm. And just leaving for... For the forest. Yeah. Like just going away, just disappearing and becoming yourself, wholly yourself with nature removed from all the things that are tried, that, that the world tries to put on you. Yeah. And tries to replace what's natural and what's uh, 
instinctual and survival it just replaces that with artifice and all the suckers left behind are afraid to say your name and they're terrified of you mm-hmm. because you're 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 the one that escaped you got out of the system you you've rejected it you've to that same extent you, you reject them you reject the world you you show that other things are possible and that's mm-hmm terrifying to think that we can exist outside the boxes that have been given to us that we've been placed right. in you're not supposed to want to no so to this that's why the witch is evil right because right mm-hmm. she is she she's is... not interested in the next marvel movie no <laughs> <laughs> she rejects it she rejects it she's why that's why she's terrifying is because she is she is a completely unknowable and unimaginable in right. our historicized sort of ways of thinking alternative. Right. There's not supposed to be a new way. No. So. And that's, I mean, man, that's, uh, uh, that's why we need witches right now. We need to we all need just more embrace. More than ever. <laughs> these, this, these wild women and just reject, man. Mm-hmm. Now's the time. Now's the time. I can't. Let me tell you. I am just waiting till Ocasio Cortez uh, pulls on her collar, ascends, yeah, yeah. <laughs> starts levitating, lightning yeah. shooting out of her hair and her hair and her nails. Mm-hmm. Man, is it now? Is the time? It'll happen someday. And someday. I mean, I think that's why we're getting so many incredible witch stories, and this, this there's this resurfacing and resurgence of witches in popular culture and the media and Lana Del Rey coming out and saying, <laughs> you know, leading the charge to hex Trump. Right. Um, that's why we're well, as society's becoming more and more oppressive. It's like, you can't even make jokes nowadays, right? Without <laughs> offending someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were making an agent argument for something and now we're the all. No, 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 no. That was... <laughs> That was a joke. I love to tell a joke. Uh, but no, but I do mean as capitalism reaches yeah. this point where it's becoming untenable for so many fucking people. Yeah, we're uh, and we're we're confronting the fact that this isn't livable. Um, right. The planet is not becoming livable. Right. And it's, so it's not to the point yet where where we're actually going to do anything about any of it, but at least art is kind of uh, helping. As always. Yeah, and it's, that's, that's, I mean, art is planting it in the consciousness. It is, right. it's demonstrating that there is an alternative. And if nothing else, um, it, it, even if we don't have an answer, or we don't have a game plan. <laughs> let me just look at, look at these debates and how they've been going. We don't have a fucking game plan. We don't have a clue, no. But like, at the very least, what I love about art and its ability to do this is it gives us a story to look at. To right to to remind ourselves of and to inspire ourselves and to draw from as Mm -hmm. we as we begin to try to even think about what can a different way of living look like yeah these movies make me feel good yeah yeah you know i mean the world is a fucking trash fire right now but these movies these kind of movies have become like a bomb for that for me for sure yeah and even the tragedy of jane doe like i mean she is I mean, her brain's alive. Everything else about her is dead. Um, she is a she's a, a victim. She's barely. I mean, she's survived, but she is a victim. You know, right? And 
and uh, at the very least, there's there it, there has to be kind of a hope and like, well, if I if if my whole sense of self and the world I live in and the planet and the animals I loved are gone and are going away and are going extinct, at the very least there will be repercussions for the people that have caused it. They will they will vanish just the same. Right. And maybe things will reset down the line. Unless they go to Mars. Unless they go to Mars. And then we have all those fucking Amazon Bezos Tesla fuckers <laughs> just yeah. floating up there having their Skeksis fuck orgies. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be there to see it, so who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Witches, man. Witch Witches, month. man. I love it. I love them. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> do we have that very small, insignificant note? Do we have a listener question today, Stacy? We sure do. This question comes from uh, Blasey Blonder, <laughs> who asks, can you name a movie? <laughs> fucking bit (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a good question i can't i'm glad she didn't ask if i could name a state because i sure can't (laughs) yeah or tell you where they're at um forrest gump oh you took mine no sorry damn (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i told you i love to tell jokes (laughs) it's so edgy Um, This week's question actually comes from Matt, who asks, what are your go-to movies for fashion lifestyle inspiration? (laughs) Diaphanous gowns in a small foyer? (laughs) (laughs) Boy, oh boy, oh boy. What a question. This feels very fitting for Witch Month because these are sort of my overall lifestyle inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, witches, the end. Yeah, swamp hacks. There we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But fashion. Let's talk fashion. Fashion, lifestyle, inspiration. My God, what do you have? (sighs) My my fashion is like shit. Like I am, I am still like a mall goth. (laughs) I am. Here's the problem with me. One of the problems is like I just don't know how to dress myself. I mean, I I'm the, I'm lazy. I know I'm the I know I know where the clothes go. I'm not like putting underwear <laughs> on my head and being like, hey, is this is this how it works? Like I, I know wish that was the <laughs> I just don't get pants. <laughs> when I say I don't know how to dress myself, I just mean like I don't know. I see other people and I think that looks good, but I don't then translate it to myself and so the only like if you want to know what quote-unquote style i i was shocked the first time i booted up uh the last of us and realized that ellie and i dress almost exactly alike i love this so much and i thought stacy you dress like a post-apocalyptic 15 year old listen two lesbian icons (laughs) yeah i mean so i'm just still like a riot girl that's it you know yeah that's it so and so i think i'm so accustomed to that that like 
to do anything else would feel really weird. I am such a, I'm such a, like, I kind of fall into, like, the cartoon character way of, like, Doug. Like, I remember being a kid and <laughs> watching Doug open his closet and, like, they had a joke about, you know, cartoon characters always wear the same thing. He opens his closet and it's the same shirt and vest and shorts or whatever. Like, yeah. He just has a hundred of the same outfit. And that's kind of me. Um, like, I'll never be a person that's like, like, I, I look at cool, like, cool people, you know, who are, like, walking around. They have, like, they'll put on a hat. Or, like, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll do, like, a handkerchief around their neck. I don't trust yeah. that. I don't trust that. But, you know. Um, I just, I'll never be that person that's like, I'm going to wear my bracelet today. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, the wildest I get is, like, maybe I'll put on, like, a necklace if I find a cool necklace that has, like, witchy shit on it. Maybe I'll do that. And then I'm like, and then I feel extra fancy. <laughs> yeah. Do I wear something other than black? What in the Like, I feel so garish. Oh my god. I I literally like I I've just emulated my brothers like growing up, you know, with my brother like he it was like band tees and horror movie shirts and all black. Yeah. And that's still mm-hmm. what I I just wear all black. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and then I can put on my spooky scary whatever shirt for the day and be like, "Ooh, it's terror vision today. I feel cool." <laughs> Cuz right. I'm, I'm 12. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a thing. Like, I mean, I've got different colored Chuck Taylors. Oh, yeah. But I still just wear Chuck Taylors, you know? Yeah. It's practically a uniform at this point, I think. Oh, yeah. I got drunk the other night, and I, I spent a lot, I spent way too much money <laughs> on, <laughs> on the same pair of shoes that I bought a year ago. A year and a half ago. <laughs> because I was like, but I can't wear a different pair of shoes. I need that pair of shoes. Right. Because they're black, and then they also have some gold trim to them, and so the gold trim is what makes me fancy in the day. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, because I'm not putting on a hat. I'm not putting on my sunglasses or my bracelet or my handkerchief. <laughs> I'm not going to go wild and lair and put on a vest or something, too. Like, this. Yeah, I, so, but I, I see characters, and I'm like, that's a great look. I love that style. Oh, yes. But to do it for myself would just feel so weird. Although, you know... A movie that I made a long time ago, one of the very first movies I made. It was never finished, so don't get excited. Uh, but I played the, of course, cast myself as the crazy Ralph type, you know, the doomsayer. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine. But for this character, I wore a muumuu. <laughs> <laughs> and pigtails oh my god where's yeah. the footage <laughs> on Mumu, and we did film my death scene actually where i was riding down the road i was on a razor scooter <laughs> <laughs> and <pigtails>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i got and then i got run off the road and i rolled down a hill and then the killer smashed my head in with a rock oh my god yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, but the Moo very comfortable. I see why, I think about that Moo sometimes, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what, I kind of get it. And I thought, you know, a Moo is not necessarily in with my aesthetics, but what is, and what is not so far removed from a Moo is a satanic robe. Yes. Right? Because it's solid black. It's got a hood in case it rains. But it's solid black, whereas the muumuu is like, looks like a golden girl's couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. 
but a satanic robe. So I'm not, I'm not saying that there won't come a day where I just wear a satanic robe all the time. Because, you know, you can just let loose underneath and it's very freeing. I've heard this is what you can do. Yeah. Listen, you put you put a satanic robe next to a golden girl's couch movie <laughs> and try and tell me which one is the satanic one. Hmm? Right. Yeah. Satanic robe probably has longer sleeves. I'm just thinking back. To, I think about, like I said, I think about my time in the memo. So anyway. That's beautiful. What are we talking about? Yeah. I don't know, but I love a muumuu. Also, like, that's very, you know, a muumuu is just one step away from a caftan. Right. And let me, am I going to turn into an 80-year-old homosexual with a caftan and Palm Springs? Absolutely. I mean, if we're not all aspiring to be Ava Gardner in Earthquake. Oh. Caftans, day drunk, bitchy. Yes. Then what's the point? Well, I mean, the sec. I feel like the second you hit like sixty, you you mm-hmm. get it. You, yeah. That's just you have earned it. That is yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hand so, her a drink. Yeah, just hand her a drink. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a lifestyle inspiration for sure. So that's maybe some initiation of Sarah. Uh, mm. Some uh, satanic robe. <laughs> Shelly Winters, Shelly Winters <laughs> on a Razor scooter. <laughs> Disney, we have a reason for you. <laughs> Give us your CGI. We, Shelly Winters on a Razor scooter. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want a diaphanous gown in a foyer, it's a hallway, not a foyer, but Gene Simmons in Dominique is dead. Oh my God. Where, uh, you know, her husband kills her for the inheritance or whatever, but she's not. But she haunts him. Is she really dead? And there's a lot of shots of Gene Simmons, like, in a diaphanous gown in a hallway. <laughs> so so good. That's your answer for that, for are, sure. Are there any movies that, like, specifically um, the looks of characters have, like, driven your... Or, like, that's, like... Like, for me, it's, like, my fashion is just, like, trash, like yeah. Mogoth trash, but then there's the films where like I look at these characters and I'm like, oh man, that that that's like spiritual fashion inspiration. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just Riot Girl trash. So yeah. these are oh, these are all like I like I said it earlier. Like I love the looks, but I would never dare to try. But obviously Theo in the haunting. Oh god <gasps> i didn't even put that on my list and like all of last year i was saying that theo was my fashion inspiration once we went through and watched all the hauntings mm-hmm. oh my god what the fuck good answer yeah <laughs> yeah she's my number one um <clears throat> my my number other number one of right now it's not a movie it's a television show but that would be dr wendy carr as portrayed by anna torv on oh, mind hunter here we go I mean, her outfits every single episode are just fucking incredible. Like, I mean, she, I love Anna Torv anyway, and I love that character, and I love that show. But I am drooling over her outfits every single time uh. she's on screen. Like, just incredible. I would never dare to try to wear anything like it, even though it does, like, really give off a big professional lesbian vibe. <laughs> But I'm not a professional lesbian. I'm just strictly amateur. (laughs) (laughs) 
But my God, the collared shirt, because it takes place like in the late 70s, very early 80s. The collared shirts. Oh, such an era. Slacks, pencil skirts, just the button-down shirts. My God, she is a fucking style icon. Absolutely, 100%. God, I need to watch it. You really I do. Just need to, I need to stop re-watching every episode of Dark Crystal a hundred times and just watch my daughter. <laughs> you really do so we can talk about it. Oh. And talk about her and her clothes. I mean, I just, I, I'm not like a, I mean, shocking to say, I'm not like super into fashion, but then sometimes you just <gasps> get, you just get, I know. <laughs> Sorry. You just... take, it, take it easy, Heather. I know. Donahue. I, I got Donahue there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes someone's fashion, someone's look just runs you over like a truck. Oh, this know? is true. Yeah. It's Wendy Carr, baby. Oh, she's perfect. I need yeah. to see it. You know, that's it. I've been talking for like 20 minutes. How fucking dare you? I know. Well, <laughs> I, man, I don't even know. Like, okay, Theo, absolutely. Um, yeah. Hey, sometimes I do wear a gold amulet. <laughs> my, my one <laughs> necklace when I feel really fancy. There you put, go. Put my gold amulet next to my uh, TerraVision shirt. Um what else? Like, oh, you know, my dream fantasy outfit that I really want so badly is actually uh, Kinga wears it in the lure. Um, that blue glitter, like, suit that she wears mm-hmm. when she does, when they, they make the, like, coming out performance for the mermaids. Yes. She's like an airline pilot. Yeah, yeah. She has that, yeah, like, kind of airline uh, cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, glitter blue suit oh i fucking love that so much um i said it before in another episode and i'm continuing to say it based on not just based on her sweater pants but just everything delia wears in beetlejuice (laughs) she is a fucking icon forever um a very formative not a specific look over overall for a character but just one piece of clothing is so formative in my mind of, of something i legit will purchase or make at some point in Slumber Party Massacre, Kim has that space baby shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, baby blue shirt that just says space baby in, like, orographic or, like, holographic text. Yeah. I need that shirt. It's incredible. You know, I liked the fashion trend that also makes an appearance in Slumber Party Massacre. Also, Kim, later on in the film, I believe. Um... The trend in early 80s horror where women would wear numbered jerseys. Yes, that happens a lot in those films. Yeah, it was almost always sleepwear. Yes. They would wear it to sleep, but I just, I really liked that little trend. Yeah. It's a good one. Yes. It's a good look. It's a good look. It's a good look. Yeah, like this 80s, 80s um, jock adjacent attire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Gender variant jock adjacent attire. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, What else? Um, Okay. Have you ever seen The Seventh Victim, Stacey? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking amazing, amazing ass movie. But this queen, which we have to talk about one day. Um, but this queen and the seventh victim, God, I f- forgot her name. Uh, the, the actress is Jean Brooks. Jean Brooks. Jean Brooks as this main character in the seventh victim. She has this perfect long black vamp hair with these bangs and she has this amazing fur coat and it's like just that <laughs> hair and that coat 
just yeah. tells you everything you need to know about that character and everything you are not in life. <laughs> and I love her. Um, yeah. And then continuing down the coat track, I will say also Susie Banyan's incredible coat that she gets at the end of Suspiria or like midway. Yes. Fucking love yes. that coat. So I guess I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a sweaters slash oversized coat slash glitter suit girl, I guess is what I'm saying. I see. Yeah. yeah. In the alternate universe where I do care about how I look <laughs> instead of just, <laughs> instead of just dressing so that I will not be noticed by people and not murdered. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I just want to put something on and leave the house. And then I want to get home and take it off the second I'm home and take off my socks and just sit in my pajamas. Right. And just get covered in cat hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's just not where I want to spend my brain juice. Yeah, yeah, my brain just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. And it hasn't worked that way for so long that any attempts at it like there are there have been times that i've gone out and been feeling a little frisky and i buy a shirt that is well you buy a shirt and you're like you know what maybe i will try this and then i get it home and i'm like well that's great i just wasted that money yeah i'm never gonna wear this i'm never gonna fucking wear this but i'll hang it up and look at it every once in a while and i'll look at it what's wrong with me i'll look at it and think i should wear that and then i try it on and i'm like this feels funny and so then i go back to a black t-shirt yep and that's that. Yeah. It's a cruel circle. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I will actually, I will say, if there, mm, I have been compared, when I do my winter looks, which are more sweaters, I do get compared to David Rose quite a bit. Mm, I can see that. So I will say, I do, I guess I do go, cl- I guess I go closer to that. But he's also got that daytime goth kind of thing going on. Right. So it's like, put a weirdly patterned sweater and then mostly black on and. Yeah, he's all black and white, yeah. so. It's still an okay look. It's just, you know, I like to be simple about it. I'm, I'm lazy. Right. <laughs> I got other shit to do. Even in drag, I'm not a look queen. <laughs> like Right, yeah. I don't care about that. Like, my makeup yeah. is weird enough. Right. Who cares if I'm wearing Kmart? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you wear Kmart. <laughs> oh, thanks, I, Kenny. I get a little kickback every time you buy one of the diamonds. <laughs> Penny, I really appreciate that. Yep. Thank you for visiting us in, from the afterlife, too. <laughs> I'm glad that she still gets paid in the afterlife. Yeah, That's she nice. continues to collect those royalties. That's exciting. Yeah. That's good for her. Good for, good her. for her. We may not have gender parity or, or equal pay, but um, at least Penny Marshall's still making those <laughs> diamond ads from the great beyond. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. I'm a style mess. Yeah, we're mavens. We're style fucking vixens over here. We are. We are. We're, yeah, we're doing all the red carpets. I see. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they, yeah, well, whatever. But that's why. I mean, we've talked about this. This is why when we do our live shows, we'll be in full body suits. <laughs> Right. completely mask who we really are underneath make may queens and yeah. sweatsuits yeah our track suits our, our tracks our may queen flower ensembles yeah we could so just don't if we ever do a live show don't uh, expect too much yeah we 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 come out dressed up as the robots from chopping mall just fully fully <laughs> encased yeah. On a tricycle that's automated. <laughs> Perfect. Although, Completely. those moo-moos. 
Oh, let me tell you. I mean, maybe a satanic robe will be maybe a, great a satanic look for robe. Us. I, I think we have to do a series of looks in the live shows. I think so. Like we have to, we have to open and like the <laughs> wheel out and the hover round, and then we <laughs> we transition to the moo moo, and then we go May Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for the big finale. Yeah, it's true. It's like a fucking going back to the share concert. It's yeah. <laughs> all our listeners is like, wow, there's so many, so many costume yeah. changes. Why? You they- know, they didn't say anything of substance, and the jokes weren't <laughs> funny, but they changed clothes like eight times. Oh no! There goes that floor hydraulic to take them down to their next costume <laughs> yeah. change. As we just play a clip of Briefcase Woman for 10 minutes as we get changed into our our next Moo Moo look. And then, I love Suspiria! Yeah. Oh, there they go again! Yeah, our one listener is still in the audience clapping for us. Oh. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Wow. Yeah. Get your tickets now. Listen, we're a year old and we have we've we've got at least a week to come left still. So uh, we yeah, could... we're gonna hit that year mark for sure. There, who knows what can happen in the who next knows? week yeah. <laughs> that we're you still around. <laughs> One never knows. One never knows. And I can't wait for our wow, I cannot believe next week is the year year birthday year anniversary year old yeah if uh here's a little thing that we would like to do because it's gonna be the anniversary extravaganza eleganza eleganza extravaganza (laughs) i'll be changing my clothes throughout the whole show but you won't be able to see it because this is a podcast (laughs) which is constant rustling you'll just hear this yeah the swish 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 (laughs) as i switch from one t-shirt to the next uh but if you've got a question for us for the for the anniversary extravaganza if you have a special gaylord's memory you'd like to share with us yeah what was what's what's your special gaylord's moment or what's what's one of your favorite parts of the show or right or one of your least favorite parts yeah what was what was the thing you (laughs) wish we wouldn't do ever again yeah uh what do you hate about us what do you like about us just uh i guess feedback is what it's called yeah and if you like we might read some of them on the air so if you would like that and be sure to include some kind of a handle (laughs) internet (laughs) jargon oh wow um you can leave it on our facebook facebook slash gaylords of darkness you can uh, DM us on Instagram, uh, Gaylords of Darkness on Instagram. We're not Gaylords of Darkness on Instagram. You know what? Cut that part out. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you... uh, our Instagram, which is headquartered in Shut Virginia. Shut up! In West Virginia, just next to the Dakotas, just <laughs> south of Catalina. I wish I was next to a Dakota. What I. I bet you do. <laughs> you pervert. <laughs> Anyway, you Twitter. Can, you can reach us on Twitter at Gaylords of D. Gaylords of D. Or email us at Gaylords at GaylordsofDarkness.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at our actual Instagrams at uh, the Carla Rossi or at, at Final Girl. G-R-R-L. Mm-hmm. Final Girl, regular girl was taken. I'm not a regular girl. I'm a final girl. I'm a final girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And um, just share a nice a nice memory. If it's not nice, make it funny. Make it edgy, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we're not here to feel safe. Yeah, we're not here to make friends. We're here to go there. We're gonna we're gonna call it like we seize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh that's about it. And tune in for the extravaganza. Oh my god, one no yeah, no ex- no extravaganza will happen. But it'll be an episode of the show. It's going to be a fucking special, Marshall. It's going to be fantastic. It is. We're going to have everything. A pledge drive. <laughs> at least one listener memory. <laughs> <laughs> From Blasey. From Blasey sure telling Blasey us it's terrible. Was... <laughs> She'll send in something, I'm sure. Oh, God. Another good, another good question. Uh, otherwise, you know, whatever. Bye, I guess. Bye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more games!